Good afternoon. Um, actually, I think it's morning over there again. So, hey, Reynard. Hey, Joshua. How are you going? I'm doing well. I'm getting to the end of my day here. We're going to be headed out uh, in a little bit, but we wanted to make sure we had this call before it got too late because uh, we have some great stuff to talk about today. Uh, we do. We also have some great feedback that we'll get into at the end of the show. So um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Yeah, much appreciated. We had some couple of folks uh, sharing some things. We want to talk about that. Um, before we get started, we've decided we're going to do a season of this show with the top, uh, topic of focus, and we're going to commit to eight episodes. So this will be our second episode, and we'll continue on between now um, and towards the end of the year with the holidays. And then we'll put a pause. That way we can work on our plans for next year. Um, so as you're continuing to uh, listen and see what's coming out, um, just look for something from us about every other week. And we're looking forward to sharing. Yeah, awesome. And uh, absolutely, if you guys have any areas of focus you'd like us to, to look at and discuss, that would be awesome too. Absolutely. Um, so for today, the uh, topic that we've been wanting to talk about is many habits and reducing friction and creating habits. So I would uh, say that I'm someone who has started <laughs> a lot of habits in my life and some of them I've had success with and others not so much. Um, recently I've been trying something since last fall where I pick the smallest possible habit I can think of and I try that on a daily routine and see how, see how far that gets me. Um, and then Reynard, you mentioned you've been kind of starting into this recently as well and you're, you have a book that you're reading on it. Um, what was the name of that book again? Yeah, so the, the book is actually called um, Mini Habits, um, Smaller Habits, Bigger Results, and it's by Stephen Guise. And it's just one of the books that ended up in my reading list of uh, something I want to read this year. And yeah, started reading it after I um, started looking at deep work and thought that hey, this actually follows, follows quite closely. It is all about um, focus and introducing habits or even dealing with other habits. And there's a few interesting things in the book about habits that I didn't realize before that um, I'm, I might touch on that, some of those things as we go through some of your mini habits maybe. Perfect. Um, well, I'll kind of start off then. Um, one of the habits, I actually was writing about this last night, that I've been trying to build in my life for a long time since uh, the age of 19 is running. Um, I enjoy running. I like to get outside and not on a treadmill. That that definitely does not apply in my mind. Uh, for those who love treadmills, that's great, but I'm not one of them. Um, so when I'm running, I'm often listening to audiobooks, and it's just it's a happy time for me. I really enjoy it. But unless I have um, a race or some kind of a big event I'm training for, I've never been able to keep up the habit. So I'll I'll run for a while and then I do nothing because the race is over. So a couple of weeks ago, I decided to try running one mile a day, just a mile. And for me, I, I've done much longer runs. So that's, in my mind, it's such a small thing. Of course, I could do a mile. I could put on my shoes and go out for 10 minutes. Um, and the result has been that uh, I think for about three weeks now, except uh, for one day a week, I take a rest day. But other than that, um, I've been running. And I just get out for a mile or a little bit longer. And I'm feeling great. I'm really enjoying that. Um, so with that said, this whole idea of many habits has really 
been interesting to me. Um, last fall, or actually this January, I decided I would do one push-up a day, um, just one. And if I did nothing else, I've at least done that little bit of exercise. And Reynard, before the call, you were talking about push-ups, uh, kind of one of the anecdotes. Did you want to share that about how small a push-up could be? Yeah, so um, I, I was just, um, I, I'm I'm intrigued that you picked push-up as one of your mini habits. Um, yes. Did, have you heard of um, mini habits before you started going down this track? I mean, is it something you heard someone mention somewhere or... Um, because that's actually how the book starts. The book starts with the push-up. Actually, so I've I've kind of heard about stuff over the years, um, but this mini habits, it, it came in two phases. The first phase was last year, um, and so I'll, get, I'll come back to push-ups in a minute, but last year I was wanting to get back into daily devotions, which for me is spending some time reading my Bible. Um, and I had not been consistent on that for a while, so I thought, okay, I could probably make sure I read my Bible for at least five minutes a day, if nothing else. And that's where I, I kind of kicked this off for myself last fall. In okay. January, yeah, so, so th that's where that started. But in January, I was reading Tools of Titans. It's this uh, book from Tim Ferriss. Yep. And one of the guys in there said, "You can you do a push-up a day? Sure, you could at least do a push-up a day, right? And that just kind of struck me. Well, okay, yeah, I could do a push-up a day. So that's where I started doing that habit. Okay, cool. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that guy was actually Stephen Guys because it's uh, the whole premise of his book starts from that that angle. It there's a good chance it was him. That just kind of stood out to me. Um, some of the other habits I've been doing are uh, so reading now, running, and then I've journaling. I've been wanting to do that for years, and I've not been consistent with it. So around January, I decided, well, I could at least put one line in a journal every day. Um, just and keep it really short. That way, I don't try to go overboard. So um, I've now got a pretty consistent journal where it's it's one line. I, I say, you know, a really cool project happened today, or I did this, or I was a little tired, and I just keep it very simple. Um, so the result of all of this is I'm starting to build up these, and you kind of touched on that earlier, low friction habits that are such a small habit that of course I could do it, and it's encouraging me to slowly add a little bit to those or expand them out. But if nothing else, even if I'm really tired, I can at least go through those couple of things. Yeah, so I, I, I want to, um, we, we might circle back to some of your habits and you know, you, you said you've tried some habits and you had some failures, etc. But I, I want to go back to this push-up thing. Yeah. Um, so one of the things about a push-up and, you know, saying, oh, one push-up, you know, it's probably not that much. But for some people, one push-up can be a big deal. So um, one of the things about the, the the thought around mini habits is that it's the in, even the intention to get to completing that one task that you want done is, is still a good ha um, way to start the habit. So... The, the idea is that you remove the friction until it becomes so simple and so ridiculous that you go, well, of course I can do this. So for some people, of course I can do one push-up is not, oh yeah, of course I can do one push-up. It, it can be quite a stretch to actually get yourself that far, especially early in the morning. So one of the suggestions is that, well, keep, keep reducing the habit. Keep making it smaller and smaller and smaller until you go, well, this is so silly. Um, why would anyone struggle with this? And and um, so the the concept around the push up is well, if one push up seems too much, then well at least get in the push up position. And if 
you can't even get into the push-up position well just lie down on your tummy you know, so you say, I know it sounds silly, but the the point is that you're starting to form a habit. So you know, if you roll out of bed, roll onto your tummy for I don't know a, a minute, and then you get up. I mean, that is that is a really really simple um, way to to start forming a habit. Um, not that um, rolling out of bed, lying in your tummy is a habit I would like, um, but it could be the start of something bigger. So you start with something smaller, and you just um, yeah, keep reducing the friction until your mind tells you that, man, don't be ridiculous, just do this thing. And I, I think that is um, the idea of the, of the book of Mini Habits is keep making it small until until it becomes a no-brainer for you to be able to do it. Um, and some of the reasoning behind that is is that, well, if there's friction, you're going to push back. You, you have to mm-hmm. exercise willpower. You may not have the actual willpower to, to do that thing. So by making it smaller you you actually it doesn't require much willpower at all to do it until it becomes a habit and the other interesting thing that um comes from the book is that usually people say hey i'm going to do this 30 day challenge and i've done i've done a number of 30 day challenges before but the interesting thing that this book says is well the 30 day challenge and you know it might step on some toes but it it could potentially actually just be a myth because to form a habit takes a lot more than 30 days. Um, they, they did some studies and some of the, the, the findings they had is, well, it, it takes around 60 to 70 days, sometimes more, to actually form mm-hmm. a new habit. So just doing something for 30 days does not mean you're going to end up with a, you know, a life-changing habit. It's just something you've done for 30 days. That, that's a good point. Um, I, there are things that I've done for a period and then I've stopped. Um, I, I think it might be helpful if I kind of just shared the actual process I've gone through with some of these many habits. Um, one of the things I've found is I'm not going to make some, so this push-up, for example, that I started in January. I won't make it into a mini habit unless it's A, very easy with no friction. Uh, at any point, I can just hop on the ground and do a push-up, so that's great. <laughs> um, but the other is I've got to remember it. Um, mm-hmm. And that comes into Jerry Seinfeld years ago. I read this thing that he talks about if you don't break the chain. If you have a calendar on the wall and you're trying to do a habit, you're trying to do something every day, um, just you know, cross a line through that day when you do it. The next day, cross another line and you keep going. And over time, as you have months and months of days that you've crossed off, you don't want to break the chain. You want to keep it going. So for me... Um, I have a task manager uh, right now. It's uh, things three that I have a repeater in there that says um, one push-up, and I actually have my other items as well. But um, every night and before I go to bed, I, I make sure I check that off that I've done my one push-up, and that's basically all that it takes is very low friction and a reminder. And I think the thing about having a, a low friction um, mini habit that you're trying to form is that you can get to the end of your day and go. Oh, I, I haven't done this thing. I really don't want to break the chain. So I'm not going to cheat myself by ticking it because I don't, you know, even though I yes. haven't done it, you're not going to cheat yourself because it's so low friction, you, you can actually do it. And, and yep. I, I think that's, that's the important thing because I've done the chain thing before in the past and, you know, and maybe my ambitions were, were too high. And you get to the end of your day and go, oh, I've done this for 10 days. I mean, what's one day 
going to make a difference and you know and and just go maybe i'll just i'll just cheat this one and i'll do double tomorrow but and as as soon as you do that you you actually break the, the whole system the system falls yep. apart and and but but if you start to remove the friction then you can get to the end of your day and go okay i'll just do this one thing that um, i um oh go ahead no no i was just saying you know like you, you've got to trust your system and if you're using the the cross off calendar system you've you've got to be able to rely on it and you've got to be honest with yourself yep there was a time recently that i was i had just gotten a fitbit so of course i'm doing the whole you know walk 10,000 steps a day and i actually stuck to it for quite a while but one day i got out and i started walking and i'm checking my fitbit i'm trying to get 10,000 steps and midnight rolled around and it reset. It went back to like, you know, 10 steps, 12, 13. And I was so demoralized that I turned around and walked right back home and didn't finish my 10,000 steps. And for me, that that was an example of, um, I, it, it was just a small technicality, but I broke the chain and I kind of lost the momentum I had with trying to do the steps. Um, one thing I want to share about running is when I was, so a couple of years ago, I decided it's time to that I want to do a marathon. It was a, this huge, scary event, so I trained for it, and I actually printed off a chart that I made of every day for four months from the day I was at until the marathon day, and it was very simple. So for, let's say, today, it would just have a number. The number would be two or three or five or seven, and that represented how many miles I need to run. And I would go out, I'd do my run, and I'd come back, and I would have a red marker, and I would cross that off. Um, and of course, when you're doing a full training, there are some rest days, et cetera. But I was so um, attached to that chain of training that I was very consistent for four months and I stuck to it. I hit almost all of my um, running goals and on race day that helped me get to where I wanted to go. Um, but without something printed out and written out and very easy to cross off and it's, oh, okay, I need to do seven miles today. Uh, I don't think my training would have been anywhere where it should have been and I probably would not have done the race. So, so can I ask you a question about that then with your yeah. task manager that you're using? Um, obviously, that's not, that's not written out and it's uh, something that you can review at the end of your day. Um, do, do, you, do you feel that sometimes maybe you think that I really should just print this thing out? Um, and, mm. th does the tool actually help you or, or is it just another technical tool that, that we use? Because we use a lot of these things. Um, for for me, I have trained my mind and my habits to check the task manager many times throughout the day on my computer or my phone. Um, so I'm ve it's very present to me that until I get to zero on that task manager, my day's not over. It, sometimes that means moving a lot of stuff off, except for my habits. So because I'm I'm looking at it all day long it's okay that it's in a digital form for these kind of habits. If I was doing something as complicated as a marathon again, I would absolutely have it printed and on the wall for me to cross off. Okay. Uh, um, it's really interesting. We, um, maybe that's something that we can dis discuss in, a, in another episode, just um, the, the managing of your daily tasks. And I like what you said, until that list gets to zero, your day is not done. Um, what what I do find interesting is that you're saying you're looking at that list a lot, um, in in regards to mm. you know our, our topic on on deep work, um, looking at something a lot to me seems like a little bit of friction unless you know unless it's in in a place where it's actually easily accessible. But maybe we can talk about things like that another time. But 
keep moving on the mini habit thing. I, I see you have a few links in the show notes. Did you want to talk yeah. about that? Yes, um, I've, I've got a couple of articles that I've actually just written on my personal blog, um, and I've kind of touched on these a little bit more, and we can include them in the show notes, where I just I, I called it one small thing that, and it touches on this whole topic that if nothing else, you can do one small thing for your habits. Um, so I think, yeah, we've talked about the running, the reading, the journaling, and uh, the push-ups. And for me, this isn't getting me to where I'd really like to be with my physical goals, but it's doing something. Um, and I, I'd say that's that's better than where I was before I was doing this, um, which kind of leads me into my next question. All these small mini habits and these little things we're doing, how do you think they fit into the long-term goals of what we want to do versus if we were to say, I'm going to do a big goal and work towards that and break it down? Because at the end of the day, doing one push-up a day does not get me stronger um yeah what do you think the answer to that is like where how do i go from one push up a day to x goal well i think i think the point of a mini habit is is that it's the starting point right i mean if you're going to say that i'm going to do one push up and you do your one push up are you going to just then think okay well i've done my one push up now i'll move on to another mini habit or you're going to go you know what i'm down here anyway um why not throw in another five you know, so and so, I, th- I think that the mini habit is it's good there for consistency because it helps you to to tick off y- your your goal of um, creating your habit, but it shouldn't restrict you from doing more. Um. So and and I guess that that's probably something that you're you'll have to find for yourself because I, I know mm-hmm. I tried the journaling thing going you know I'll just write one sentence a day and and I tried that for a while and then I got to the point where I'm like oh, you know what if I can write one sentence I can write a bit more but then the next day um, I go okay well I wrote so much yesterday or maybe I'll I'll just write one sentence again but but it gets to that stage where you're like I, I need to top my I, I need to top my sentences I wrote yesterday, and then all of a sudden the whole mini goal f- falls apart because mm-hmm. now I feel like every day I have to write five sentences. So it, it's it's an interesting um, goal, and I think maybe with the mini habits, if you do up it over time, um, you know, so maybe it does start with one push up, but then if you've done it for I don't know. I'm going to throw in 60 days because that's apparently mm-hmm. how long it takes to form a habit. But if you get, do get to that mark, maybe double it or throw in something a bit more realistic um, because it, sh- it should be frictionless. So as long as there's friction, you're, you're probably not going to do it. So in, in, increase that, that or push the fric- friction line a little bit further and until it becomes friction and remove friction. I'm not sure. It's, it's really interesting because, you know, like you, like you said, it's not one push-up is not going to make you fit or strong. No. But it, it is a step in the right direction. I think um, you mentioned um, Tim Ferriss before. There's a book that I read of his a few years ago called The 4-Hour Body. And one of the key points that he made in that is it's better to measure something than to measure nothing. So even one habit... It's better to do one thing than to do nothing. Yeah, that, that's a really good point because if I – so I'll take the journaling one as an example. If I continue this for the next couple of years, 
I will have something I can look back on to see how I was feeling over different periods of my life, like when my daughter was born or when we bought a house or when this major um, event happened at my work. So I, I will have that to look back on versus if I had thought, well, I've got to write pages every day, then I would have done nothing. So yes, I, I do see a benefit there. And you touched on another point that even when I was training for my marathon, I still made, I removed as much friction as I could. So all it took, and that's something we could talk about too, but all it took was getting my tennis shoes on and starting to move. That's really all I had to do. And the moment I would start to move, I never regretted it. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you probably do need to, to, to quantify it. I mean, you have to say that, well, maybe today I will go for a run. You don't necessarily have to say how long, but mm. the goal is that you go for a run. And yeah. you know, even that is removing the frictions. You go, well, okay, well, I can run to the end of my driveway and run back. You know, I've gone, for, I've gone for my run. But if you feel a little bit more energetic, well, I'll run a couple of blocks and come back. Um, you know, but you have gone for your run, so you've done, you've done part of your. I mean, you, you've ticked off that goal for the day. Yep, and I think we're we've we, we probably hit on both sides of these. That there are little mini habits we want to establish, and there are big goals we want to do, and. Um, Trying to bridge that gap. Yeah, and and I don't have an answer for that, but yep. except for it's it's better to do something or start towards that goal than not start towards that goal at all. Agreed. Um, well, I think we've t- had a really great discussion about this. Uh, so if there's nothing else, we can move on to the next uh, and before we wrap up. Yep. Okay. So one of the things is that we um, at thus far we are calling it the the podcast remotely thoughtful um we we had a bit of fun with names but if you guys like the name please let us know if you like the name but we are also asking if you guys have a suggestion for a name um please please help us with a name for the podcast if you really like remotely thoughtful um tell us that you really like like the name um we had a few working names um (laughs) <laughs> that we had before um some maybe very obvious ones and uh some probably silly uh but if you guys can help us with a name for the podcast i think that would be great yeah we would love that um and then um something we didn't touch on last time is both of us for years have wanted to do a podcast we've for on our own had many different reasons and I think this was just the opportunity we saw. Well, let's try this. Let's commit to a certain amount of podcasts and uh, go from there. So I'm really happy we're doing this. Yeah, and and I think you know the the topic today is you know it's quite relevant to us starting this podcast because one of the things that we wanted to do, and we talked about the buddy system last week, is we wanted a low friction way to be able to share what we're discussing and things that we find interesting with others. Um, you know whether they are in our team or whether there are people who just share the same interests as us, but we wanted to have it low friction. So we decided to um, start with this podcast and have a have it as low friction as possible. Some of the feedback that we got, we'll get into some feedback, but there was a lot of questions about post production, like um, removing ums and ahs and um, adding show jingles and things like that. And well, it it. it in line with what we're talking about today, we wanted to go as low friction as possible. And and that's why you're getting what you're getting. Yep. And actually, I think that that kind of hits on the post-production question that we're going to keep this simple. That way we keep doing it. Um, the, the last thing before we get to what I'll call our mailbox section is, um, ha- have we uh, known each other for a couple of years now? Uh, no, it's... We, we, 
when we start to talk to each other, it sounds like we have known each other for ages. But uh, how long has it been, Joshua? It's only been like a A couple couple of months. Yep. Yeah, so a couple of months we found a lot of interest, similar interest, and we just thought we'd share our interest with everyone. Yeah, um, I've really been enjoying this and looking forward to more. Um, So with that, let's uh, jump into our mailbox with some of the feedback. And do you want to kick off with uh, what some of Team Calypso had to say? Yeah, so um, I did say in the last podcast that we were going to have a talk about deep work inside our team. Um, it, it, it was a really interesting chat because it a lot of Team Calypso already do engage in a lot of deep work, which is really fantastic. I, I, um, I was quite surprised and I in, enjoyed that. But some of the issues that they hit on is that um, we have an issue of context switching. So one of the reasons... Um, well, I feel that deep work is important is that it eliminates context switching. And when I talk about context switching, it's you know maybe switching from one project to another project or switching from deep work to shallow work and shallow work back to deep work and, and, and the cost that uh, context switching may incur. Um, but it's not a problem for everyone. So, you know, like um, I know for myself it is, but for other members on the team, it, it wasn't. They actually enjoy context switching. Um, it helps keep... You know, keep their brain fresh as they go on through their tasks. Um, so, um, a question on that for context yeah. switching: when when someone says they enjoy it, are are they talking about maybe every hour they want they're okay switching context, or is it more often? It's probably after um, they've worked on something for a while. So, okay. we're not talking about distractions; we're talking about the switching context from maybe one project to another project. I think um, context switching in terms of deep work to shallow work because you're getting interrupted, I think that does incur um, a little bit of a, a cost um, to productivity. Um, I, I, I spoke to someone last night about this actually and, and I don't know if it's a, a real term or just something I made up, but I like to call it mental lag. Um, when you switch context and it's an interruption, I feel that it adds mental lag Mm. Um, so yeah and we we, we had a a, probably one of the key things I just want to uh, land on is that we we work remotely we work with synchronous tools but one of the ways that we are managing it and as a team we agreed on is that um, we will use the do not disturb feature on Slack Mm. and that way push through notifications which kind of gives you the bat phone um, effect so if someone really needs to um, contact you they will push through the do not disturb. Um, but also if they see the do not disturb, they know that they can layer on their questions and help and, and kind of form a context for what they're asking you because they know you're not going to get interrupted. Um, so uh, I like know, that. That, um, that. That's something we're going to try as a team is um, relying more on the do not disturb feature, feature in Slack. Yep. Uh, you talk about the bat phone. I have that with some of my other team members that if uh, you see me calling on the phone, there's probably a very important reason I'm calling. Otherwise, I would rarely do that. And knowing that you can reach your team members if it's an emergency means that they can set it to do not disturb and they don't have to worry about checking it as often. That's great. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we had so, a lot of fun. I don't know if there's any other feedback that you received. That that I think we've hit on the points. Um, a couple of folks were talking about that it was – helpful that um, they found it interesting and I just want to put out there that if anyone has any questions or any feedback on what we've shared last time or this time we'd love to talk about it in our next podcast yep 
And um, I think we'll just uh, finish there for today. What do you think, Joshua? That sounds great. Uh, have a good time across the pond, and we'll talk next time. We will. Thank you, everyone, for listening.